Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show, and we've reached another Brewers Outlet Friday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, lots of pre-owned inventory. A great service department that is there to get it done for your current vehicle with the diagnostics, with the inspections, with all the simple stuff like an oil change, roll the routine care for your car. It's all there. And the sales staff is also there for you when you're looking to buy your next car, looking to get you the right price that fits you, fits your future, all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. That's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. And every Friday show, brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Time to stock up. It's going to be hot and humid this weekend. Plus, you got the Stanley Cup final tonight. Maybe there'll be some Coors Light being drunk in celebration tonight out of that cup in Denver. We'll have to see. But it's still going to be hot and humid weekend, so you want to be fully loaded and prepared. And that's all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, micro-brews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast those peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle led by the barrels and the dills. Indeed, second to none. And, of course, you had the six great flavors of slushies, especially for a hot and humid weekend coming up. It's all at our friends at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury. And today, we've got Chris Mack, 93.7 The Fan, back with us. Talk Pirates, keep that Pirates conversation going. That was pretty interesting from Rob Beer Temple yesterday. If you missed any of that, go check it out at stevejonesshow.com or on our social media talking not only the youth movement right now with O'Neill Cruz and the like for the Pirates, but also are the Pirates even going to be in Pittsburgh in 2030? Which is a very legitimate question. And Rob Beer Temple didn't really sound so sure about that. So I found that very interesting. We'll keep that conversation going today with Chris Mack and also talk Steelers quarterback situation Everybody wants to see Kenny Pickett now, but you still have Mitchell Trubisky on the roster. So where do the Steelers go? We'll get into that with him as well. And the King, back with us today. 
with our headlines for the week, which you never know what you're going to get from the king or any of us really when it comes to the headlines. So always look forward to ending the week on that note. Last night, NBA draft takes place, and that was a pretty interesting draft. I, I wasn't I, I got to tell you, normally I am mildly hyped for the draft, not as much as the NFL draft. But I had, for whatever reason, maybe it's just because it's where the Sixers were last night, having the 23rd pick. I had, I guess, low expectations. And considering the fact that it looked like one through four was set in stone, and boy, that was way different. Pilo Benchero goes number one in and a, and a surprise. You heard the reports coming down from Woj in the, like about an hour or so before the first pick came down that maybe the Magic were starting to go that route instead of Jabari Smith. And they do. They shock everybody and go with Paolo Benchero, number one from Duke. Jed Holmgren stays at the number two pick, as we thought, going to the Thunder. And then the Rockets end up taking Jabari Smith at three. And then Ivy falls to five to uh, Detroit, which was a little bit of a surprise. And he didn't go to Sacramento at four. And I got to tell you, no one really knows much or even cares about the Pistons around here. At least pretty much since the, the Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace days when they won in 04. But you know what? They might be up and coming as soon as next year, if not in the next couple of years. They have a really good young core now. And they just got Kemba Walker in that trade last night with the Knicks, who, surprised, who to no one's surprise, made everybody scratch their head with all the moves that they made last night. Detroit's got some young core now with Ivy now and Cade Cunningham made another first round pick last night now you got Kemba Walker in there even though I get it he's a little bit upper in age now but Detroit's interesting and then the Sixers last night are able to make the trade and they get rid of Danny Green and the like, and they got a pretty good player for the Memphis Grizzlies Steve I'm actually okay with that trade last night for the Sixers That's a good trade for the Sixers. Melton, Melton will help them. That's you know, he's, Melton, a, yep. he's not a he's not a star, but he is a contributor that gives them what they need. He's exactly. right around thirty nine percent in three pointers. Good defender, uh, can block uh, the ball, got I some size to him. Watched him play with Memphis in the playoffs, especially against Minnesota and Golden State. Liked him. I thought yeah. he was a good player. He's not a star. He's he, exactly he what is, the Sixers need. He doesn't have to be a, a star. Solid contributor that I think is somebody that helps them. So it ended up being good for them. Then your guy Judge got his got his deal at nineteen million. I was also, very happy to see that. So they avoid you know they avoid arbitration. Now, he won't be a Yankee this time next year, but I mean you know we'll see about that. I'm just I'm just kidding. I just. I, I think they... I, I, I deliberately did that to ruin your Yes, day. I know. <laughs> I know. There's the Red Sox uh, fan. But actually, you know what, Steve? I wasn't, like, totally shocked that they got this done because Aaron Judge just seemed like he always had a... He and his sides had a good attitude about this with the contract negotiation. So I do think eventually they will end up getting a long-term contract done that works for both sides. So albeit you still only have a one-year 19 he, mil right now. He, he is not going to get a contract during the season. No, no, no. That definitely won't happen. But I, I'm, I'm saying he, eventually it'll get. Done. I think, I think he wants to play the field a bit. 
And can you blame him? Now, he's gambling on himself. Right now, there is absolutely no question who the MVP in the American League is. It's Aaron Judge. Yep. I mean, absolutely. I mean, this isn't even debatable. Oh, what about Otay? Look, they're five games under five hundred. This team is 52-18. and 18. Okay, You can have Otani all you want. This guy here, and the... And you look at what they twenty two and nine at home. Yes, it's insane. And they now okay. won sixteen straight at home after last night's comeback. It's a little more of a fine line than you realize, though. Do you realize that the twenty two wins, nine are walk offs? Yeah. That's a fine line, buddy. <laughs> that's a very fine line. It is, but it but it's, that's kind of the becoming the definition of this team. There's no quit. They have and they have the talent to come back if they get down early. You don't want to make a habit of that, of course. I get what you're coming from, you know. I didn't like the way things went early on in the game last night, but you know when you need timely hitting, you need that in the playoffs. So if you make actually the actually the best part of the I didn't see it, but I read about it. The best part of the broadcast was when Bob Costas called the Pirates the farm team of the other teams in the major leagues. (laughs) So true, though. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Sad back. I read that this morning. Went. Oh, really? <laughs> I said okay. Oh, um, but look, they're playing better than anybody. Their starting pitching is good, not great. Yes. Um, Tyone and Cortez and Montgomery are not guys. I think you 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 swagger in and, and have great trust. Okay. In, in them in a big spot, uh, you probably would have more trust in in um, Cole in a big spot. The bullpen's been terrific. Uh, they are not a team that usually gets a series of base hits to win games. They still rely maybe too much on the long ball. In other words, the Yankees offensively are maybe too one-dimensional. Uh, and I'm talking big picture here. I'm not talking. They're they're 52 and 18. Right. You're nitpick. You're nitpicking at this point, but you're asking. Um, you know, you're asking uh, a lot on thin. You know, it, it, the, the nine walkoffs mean that it tells you it's a thinner margin than people realize. It's like I talk about all the time with. In football, I do keep a stack. Games decided by seven points or less. And in basketball, I keep it by games decided by five points or less. And, and I've said once, I've said a million times, I said, you know, look at Mike Krzyzewski's great record, which is just off the charts. And for the most part, his record in games decided by five points or less is about the same as everybody else's. Oh, no, no, it is. Do you want to know why? The really good teams are not in close games. <laughs> okay? That's what that's the part that a lot of people can't seem to grasp. The really good teams are not in close games. How many close games has Alabama played during the course of the year? In football. How many close games they play? How many close games has Clemson played during the course of the year? You know, when they've had their great run. They don't. That's why when I look at the Yankee thing, yeah, there's no quit. It's like, you know, let me put it this way. I like, teams don't quit. I mean, most every team has no quit in them. It just turns out they just aren't good enough and can't win. Um, but they are, um, 
they're playing great. They do have a belief at the end they're going to find a way to win these games because when you've done it before, then it starts to be um, a self-fulfilling prophecy where you're in that ninth inning and you're saying to yourself, okay, we still got a chance at this. Now, if it goes the other way and you're 1-56 in <laughs> when you're trailing in the ninth inning, like going, I hope we can. <laughs> I hope. And I will say this too, again, be albeit our conversation here, but when they did win the World Series last in 09, the Yankees only had one homestand in which they did not have a walk-off win. So they had a lot last time they won the World Series. I'll just throw that out there. Totally different group of guys. That's why, like, stuff like that is a nice fact, but I always sit back and go, okay. And which guys in this group did that? In this group, none, but. That's my point. It's a whole different group of guys. Uh, now, it's a nice historical fact, but no. <laughs> I was like, eh, no, no. it's like whatever I get. And. X team has never beaten this team. I'll get that fact given to me when I'm getting ready to do a game. And I'll say, yeah, nobody on this team played in those games. <laughs> so it's like, it means more to the fans. Now, this is where it means more to the fans. You want to know why? Because you were there in 2009. Right, right? and it's something that they can relate right. to and, and maybe right. have right. hope the for. The fans... The fans are like, oh yeah, and everything, and they won all these games like this, and da 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 da. But the players haven't. <laughs> they didn't do it. <laughs> oh goodness gracious! But to the fans, it's like, yeah, I remember when. Like, but to the players, who actually have to do it. Like, oh yeah, that happened. That's great. <laughs> I was eight. <laughs> I was uh, fourteen at the time, and uh, I had nothing to do with it. All right. What do you think Judge gets like 10 years, $380 million. What do you think? Pay the man. What if, what if he gets another one of those twinges? Doesn't matter. He's earned it. He's earned it. This year, yeah. He is one of the biggest reasons why the Yankees are 52 and 18. Did I already say he's the best player? Okay. Yeah. Okay. If I'm Cashman, I'm paying him. It's worth the risk. Yeah. Yeah. He played 155 games in 2017, 112 in 18, 102 in 19, 28, which was less than half the schedule in 20. And then, okay. We're a little shy on games played here. (laughs) We're a little shy. But he has 27 home runs in 68 games. He had 27 home runs in 112 games in 18. He had 27 home runs in 102 games in 19. He's got 27 and 68 games now.
How about that? I'm also glad he's not going to be participating in the home run derby, though. I, I never want my players to participate. Exactly, because I want ruins, them just to stay the way they ruins. are and not ruin their exactly right. So I'm glad he's yeah. not doing that. Because that was my biggest fear in all of his early success here is, oh, is he going to go to the home run derby, and then what is he going to look like after that? So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad that's not happening. Well, he's 30 years old. He's 529 home runs behind Babe Ruth. We will come back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage with the first pick in the 2022 nba draft the orlando magic select paolo bancaro from duke university with the second pick in the 2022 nba draft the oklahoma city thunder select chet holmgren from gonzaga university with the third pick in the 2022 draft the Houston Rockets select Jabari Smith Jr. from Auburn University. Well, I didn't get the, I got Holmgren right going too. The only other element I was right about was that Jaden Ivey would not go to Sacramento at four. Again, they twice asked him to work out and twice he said no. He kind of manipulated it in a way to get himself to Detroit. And he's joining a very good young group there. Well, Cunningham is a good player. Now, Deron Hayes' son, Killian, who's their first-round pick a couple of years ago. And I remember, boy, Deron coming back here one time. Killian was just a little kid. You know Deron played here, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, and... His son, he could make a big difference and help them out, but he's got to get himself, you know, off the injuries. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show is brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. How about this? 83 today, 87 tomorrow, 90 on Sunday. Stock up on ice-cold beverages. Imports, domestics, microbrews, the best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. Six great flavors of slushies. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we are in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Two quick notes for you. Uh, Penn State's... uh, 
Big Ten ACC Challenge game will be at Clemson. It'll be the first time Penn State's played in Little John Coliseum. You're saying, well, no, 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 no. They played down at Clemson. No. Clemson, uh, Little John was being renovated the last time Penn State went down there. Uh, that game was played at the Anderson Civic Center. I know I was a witness. Actually stayed on campus at the Clemson version of their of the Nittany Lion Inn, which is beautiful. But we had to get on to Anderson, to the Anderson County Civic Center, to play there, and they threw some bleachers in this building, and that's where they played the game. So it'll be the first time they played in Little John. That'll be Tuesday, November 29th. And the student season tickets for Penn State football sold out today. Uh, freshmen went in 17 minutes. Sophomores went in 17 minutes. No, I think sophomores went in 19 minutes. Juniors in 17 minutes. Seniors in 22 minutes. 21,000 seats. 17 minutes freshman, 19 minutes sophomore, 17 minutes for juniors, and 22 minutes for seniors. How about that? We'll talk about some passion in the old building. That is passion. All right. I know Bob Costas made a couple of comments about the Pirates last night on the Yankees-Astros broadcast in part because the Pirates have done such a great job of stocking the Yankee and Astro rosters <laughs> over the years. Very true. So let's bring in Chris Mack from Pittsburgh. Sir, welcome. Great to have you with us as always. <laughs> you know, it's 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 actually there's a certain percentage of the fan base, to be totally honest, Steve, that are enjoying seeing the kids play, you oh, know, and, I agree. Um, and enjoying seeing what's happening with it. Sure. I mean, they had that stretch there where they lost what a 12 out of 14 or 12 mm-hmm. out of 15, something like that. But, but that kind of wrapped up and, and culminated with the call up of O'Neill Cruz. And, and then, um, you know, they had a walk off win yesterday, the big Jack Sawinski three home run day and walk off on father's day last weekend. So the, the silver linings amongst the clouds are enough right now that I think more people now are probably paying attention than were say two months ago, you know, the penguin season wrapped up uh, Mm -hmm. earlier than anybody wanted. The Steelers have gone through OTAs and now we're in that lull until they report back to Latrobe in late July. And so this is the pocket. This is a good pocket of time for the pirates to take advantage of any opportunity they can find to maybe capture some people's attention. But it's not capturing the attendance. The attendance has gone nowhere yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, Nobody showed up. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, there's that's the other part of the of this fan base that, and even, you know, you've got, if you've got a Venn diagram, there's certainly, certainly a, a part of it in the middle there that overlaps where there are people that, want to embrace the team and are even sitting at home watching on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. but don't want to go to the ballpark. You know, my, uh, I was talking to another dad at one of my daughter's softball games a few weeks ago, and I got the same thing I get from a lot of people, which is, you know, until they pour the money in, I'm not going to pour my money in. 
Um, and so that's still the prevailing feeling from those fans that are not showing up at the ballpark. They're going to wait. Uh, they're going to wait and see. And if you remember, you know, even back in say 2010, 2011, 2012, um, it took three or four years for attendance to get uh, ramped up to the way it did in the three years they went to the wild card game because people, despite Andrew McCutcheon and Neil Walker and Pedro Alvarez, people wanted to see that they were actually going to build around that young core, which they did, you know, with you know the A.J. Burnett trade, Liriano, Volquez. Um, they did build around those guys, around Garrett Cole and McCutcheon, and made the most of it for two or three years before they stopped with that strategy somewhat inexplicably. Um, but, yeah. you know, people want to see that again. They want to see that it's not just O'Neill Cruz and, you know, whoever else may get, end up getting called up this year that's considered a top-tier prospect. Um, they want to see that it's, you know, that there's some building going on around those guys, but the Pirates aren't going to build around those guys. Hayes, Cruz, not sure about Reynolds because who knows how long he's, he is for this team. Uh, they they want to see some building around that young core, which the Pirates won't do until they, they, they actually see competitiveness on the horizon, which is still probably, to be honest, a couple years away. All right, and then there's this part. Uh, perception plays a big role in what you're talking about, Chris. Mm-hmm. Last night on the Astros-Yankees broadcast on MLB Network, Bob Costas referred to the Pirates as Major League Baseball's farm team. And yep. then, he, then he said, sad. Uh, that's a national perspective, and it's also a national perception. How much does that hurt in terms of getting people to the ballpark when they hear that perception? Oh, it's it's killer because the first thing you think about, um, you know, I saw an article this morning in Pittsburgh Magazine um, that lauded the debut of O'Neill Cruz and how great it was and how much fun it is but then also openly pondered just how long he'll be a Pittsburgh Pirate. Um, And, you know, we're going to see that in action with Brian Reynolds over the next 15 months. If he is not traded this summer, I'd be flabbergasted if he isn't traded by next year's deadline because he'll be nearing arbitration, and this team still won't be contending for a playoff spot. So do you need a 27- or 28-year-old Brian Reynolds if he's not a part of the young core? And if you can uh, bolster what is a pretty thin pool of pitching prospects by dealing a guy like that? Um, And that's always going to be the problem, is that as long as the next best thing is only your best thing for a few years and then you've got to kiss him goodbye – um, it's going to be hard for people to fully emotionally invest. Well, which this also happens at the same time that Aaron Judge settled his arbitration with the Yankees for right. like midway. It's like nineteen million, but mm-hmm. it's only a one-year deal, which means Judge, who appears to be determined to go to free agency, is going to be on the market. Judge, if he is healthy, and that's always an if with him, mm-hmm. if he's healthy, could put together the kind of monster year of potentially 60 home runs and so forth. And he's going to get one of those 7- to 10-year contracts that could be worth upwards of 250 to $350 million. Yeah. Of course, the Pirates will not compete for that. But the Yankees might retain him, and here's the reason why, because they're willing to give second contracts, and the Pirates... Are, I mean, 
they don't give second contracts. They don't do it. They don't try to keep the, the band together. No, and, and the few instances where you do see them do something like that, um, there's certainly not uh, there's certainly not a third contract. Again, I'll use McCutcheon as the example. Andrew McCutcheon got a second contract um, and was moved by the time you know that contract had a, a, a little more than a year left on it. Um, and look, to be honest, when you look back on that deal in hindsight, it's a good deal. That it's yeah, it's a good deal. They got Brian Reynolds out of that deal. Right. Um, so, you know, in but I, I think the, the, the thing that people have to understand, or at least the Pirates maybe I wish would understand better, is um, we would, as fans of this team, rather watch them lose 100 games with a bunch of overpriced guys that we love who aren't as good as they once were rather than a bunch of no-name vagabond journeymen who are playing on cut-rate salaries, which is inevitably a part of the cycle when you dispatch with the McCutcheons and Coles, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, now, understandably, it's the owner's prerogative. He would rather not do that, but I think you would see pe- more people, to your point in, in talking about the attendance, more people would be inclined to go watch a 100-loss team if they at least had a relationship built with the players who were losing yeah, 100 a, games. That's a, that's a great point because the way the Pirates are run, you don't get attached to anybody. Right. You know, it, it's it's much like I'll, – I'll make this comparison. It's a little unwieldy, somewhat apples to oranges, but <laughs> because the Steelers win all the time. But the Steelers decided last year, Art Rooney decided against his GMs and his coaches' better judgment that – he was going to hang in with the quarterback because the quarterback was the face of the franchise. Now, again, the Steelers win on a regular basis. Right. They've never been a poverty franchise. Sure. They're in a capped league, all those things. So that's where it's apples and oranges. Sure. But the decision was made that, hey, we're going to stick with Ben. Results be damned. Um, even though we have a young quarterback that we'd like to find out more about, even though, you know, even though we could go a different route if we wanted to. Um, and so the, the Pirates are just never going to do that. You know, you look around the league and you see all the names that are still playing from those wild card teams. And there are still a fair number out. I mean, Garrett Cole still pitching well. Um, Andrew McCutcheon still playing for the Brewers. You see those names out there and you say, man, yeah, they'd be incredibly overpriced right now, or at least McCutcheon yeah. would be based on his results. Um, but shoot, wouldn't, wouldn't it get more people to show up to the game if they knew that that guy was only going to play in one jersey for his entire, Med- his entire Meadows, Glasnow, Clay Holmes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right, you know, go on and on and on. Um, you know, I think about the guys that came through here. Holmes came through here. Glasnow came through here, through State College. Yeah. Um, so is, there been, is it too early for anybody on your show to debate the quarterback situation for the Steelers? I know. Pickett, oh, never, never. Pickett signed. <laughs> Pickett signed this week. So tell me, uh, if you're doing an informal fan poll just based on your calls, who's winning? Uh, well, look, I think a lot of fans are impatient to see what Kenny Pickett can do, but I also think an equal number of fans understand that this, he's not going to start the year as their number one. He's just not. The Steelers are going to be very patient. I think they're going to give. Mitch Trubisky, I believe, every chance to win the job. I think he would have to fall flat on his face uh, in order to lose the job. 
I I think with Trubisky, there's always a risk that you're going to get a clunker or two. If those clunkers come back to back somewhere in the middle of the season, especially yeah. before the bye week, then hey, all of a sudden it creates a natural progression for us to throw Kenny Pickett in there. Uh, if we're you know three and six and Trubisky's been stinking the joint up and we've got a bye week and we can get Pickett up to speed, that would make a ton of sense. But right. as long as they're within a game or two, and, and they seemingly always are. I think in Mike Tomlin's history, they've played one regular season game where they were eliminated from playoff contention. Right. Um, so they're always in it. And as long as they're in it, I think they're going to continue to roll with Trubisky. I don't think they want to rush Pickett. I think they want to give him the ability to walk in, and when he walks in, remain the starter. I think Mike Tomlin, or at least I hope Mike Tomlin, learned from the year of Rudolph and Hodges that you don't want to go back and forth, even if it's with Trubisky and a first-round pick in Pickett's case, and everybody knows the first-round pick is going to be the guy eventually, you still don't want to do that that dance, that in and out, the hokey pokey. Um, you, when you finally go to the first-round draft pick, you want him to remain the guy so that it doesn't become a case now of toying with his confidence and his development. That's where I lost a little confidence in some Steeler fans when they told me, I think Doc Hodges is pretty good. I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> I lost a little confidence in a, some members of the fan base on that. Like, okay. Okay, you and your heart are doing just fine. you got to start using your eyes and your mind a little bit. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, look, yeah. I, it, it's, I, I, I do think there's there's something to be said for Pickett anyway of the expectations. Oh, sure. He's the first-round being... pick. He's a pit kid. Well, the, the expectations are, are going to be unwieldy, I think, though, for yeah. some people, especially hardcore fans yeah. who look at Kenny Pickett in an ACC championship and all that. And they're going to expect that when he takes his first few NFL snaps, he's going to pick right up where he left off. This isn't the Coastal Division of the ACC, though, guys. Yeah. Like, it's There's going to be a learning curve. And if he does not attack it at full speed and work his way through it very quickly, people are – I don't want to, going to say turn on him, but they're going to they're going to start to openly wonder about just how high he was drafted – very quickly. I mean, this town turns, you know, well, most NFL cities do, it turn on a quarterback oh, yeah. like that, oh, you know. Every town so. in America turns <laughs> like that. Come on, every, there's a town in America where the second string guy is mayor. <laughs> oh, even up there, right? Uh, People are banging down the doors for Christian Vio. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, and the, you know, and then you know, and then Drew and Bo and the whole thing, you know. And he was like, "Come on, let's start playing." I'm like, just calm down. I feel like I'm on Mike and the Mad Dog, where Christopher <laughs> Russo's going crazy. And I'm telling you, that, uh, dog, <laughs> dog, uh, hold on. <laughs> Fred hey, always had to go, dog, 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 you gotta slow down, slow huh? down, dog. <laughs> uh, Chris, always a pleasure. Great to have you with us, my friend. You have a great weekend, okay? You too, Steve. Thanks so much. Always love catching up. Back with more in a moment. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. 
more than quality new and used cars. Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. Avs and uh, Lightning tonight in Colorado, in Denver at Ball Arena, and Colorado has a chance to win the Stanley Cup this evening. Attempt to do it on home ice. Significant in this series because home ice is at altitude. And for an older team like Tampa Bay, that could play a role, especially in the third period. There's something to keep in mind as you watch the game this evening. Aaron Judge has settled with the Yankees on a one-year deal. Now he'll look to finish the season. Then he'll put his name in to the free agent lottery just to see what kind of interest he gets. We already talked about the Penn State tickets being sold out for students, 21,000 in minutes. Freshmen, 17 minutes. Sophomores, 19, 17 minutes on juniors, 22 minutes on seniors. Remarkable. You love the passion. That's why you know, that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I love broadcasting Penn State and, above, and one of the many reasons I love broadcasting Penn State football is that you're broadcasting to a fat, passionate fan base. You know, people that really care. And I think that makes such a difference. The last thing you ever want in sports or in any endeavor you're in is apathy. And you know, Jack Ham and I will sit there before a game and we'll watch 107,000, 108,009, whatever happens to be in a given Saturday file in. And the in in it never gets old, and you never take it for granted. People have said to me, well, you know, did the, did the pandemic make you appreciate fans more than ever? I said, to be honest, no. I said, I appreciated them a lot before. I said, I said so no, that didn't change my appreciation for them. I missed them badly when they weren't there, but... I appreciated them before the pandemic, and I appreciate them now. So that never changed for me. It is such a privilege to be broadcasting to a passionate fan base. Because there are a lot of fan bases that aren't like this one. You people care. You care about your teams. You care about your university. And that makes a great job even more fun for me. We'll talk Matt off a ledge next half hour. 